Welcome to Get Behind Fanny, a podcast dedicated to the behind-the-scenes stories of the music, the members, and the musicians influenced by the rock group Fanny, the godmothers of women who rock. Man, what a sexy voice that guy has. Anyway. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Recognize the voice and welcome to episode 18 of Get Behind Fanny Podcast. Working together on these audio ventures are Fanny's drummer, Alice DeBure, and daughter of Fanny's manager, Roy Silver, and historian, Dr. Kristen Hilaire Glasgow. And I'm Byron Wilkins, lifelong Fanny fan and webmaster of FannyRocks.com website. And hello, ladies. Hey, Byron. Byron. Hey, Kristen. Hey, Alice. Hello, everyone. Hello, our UFOs out there. (laughs) For those that don't know, because we actually have gotten a few questions on this, the UFOs for the Get Behind Fanny podcast are the unabashed or unabashed Fanny operatives. Unabashed? <laughs> unabashed? Someone corrected me and I, I wrote back and I went, yeah, no, it's unabashed. Yeah. That's, <laughs> but, that's, that's the American way to say it. Yeah, it's American. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> speaking, uh, speaking of American, um, for those who don't know this about our podcast, we like to plan them in advance and we often do them along themed lines. And we had said on our last episode, 17, that this episode was going to be our American Inauguration Day podcast. And we had picked the two songs for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, Regular Guy, and I'm Satisfied, both off of Mother's Pride, the fourth Mm -hmm. album produced by Todd Rundgren. Yep. However, (laughs) we last recorded, uh, as I'm sure many of you know, there was an attempt to basically take over the Capitol. It got violent and it got deadly. And we can't ignore that that happened. And so as Mm -hmm. much as we want to celebrate the inauguration on January 20th, we do need to take pause and just hope that we can usher in a return to civility and decency and save our democracy, frankly. No, Kristen, we didn't plan for that at all. Um, as obviously, the uh, Capitol Police didn't plan for it either. But um, let's go ahead. Let's discuss the two songs that we've chosen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if there's an inaugural connection, we'll talk about it. If not, we won't, you know. But uh, regardless of what unfolds over these last few days, we still believe in our American democracy. Oh, yeah. Um, it, yeah, it's not going anywhere, and it's just going to get better and stronger. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. And I just have to say, as our resident historian here, like Fanny, mm-hmm. our new elected vice president, Kamala Harris, is breaking the glass ceiling, and it is yes. so exciting yeah, it to is. witness. <laughs> and so the three of us were trying to think of what would be a great Fanny song to at least celebrate this historic moment without letting it be dampered by treasonous people. Yep. <laughs> so right. why don't we kick off this inaugural podcast with Charity Ball? Yep, I'm going to get up, I'm going to turn it way up, and I am grooving. I'm going to dance. Yeah, let's do it. You got it.
and know the podcast. Yes, and know the podcast not over. Otherwise, I've been about five minutes. But anyway, yeah. You know, there are plenty of women who are world leaders um, around the globe, and America might be, you know, late to the game. <laughs> Just a, yeah, a little bit, Just a little a wee right. bit, an itty bitty bit, yeah, an itty bitty bit. Well, we finally got our act together. And uh, have elected a vice president who is not only a woman, but a woman of color. And it's about frickin' time. It's so exciting to witness. And I was just thinking, can you imagine if Fanny could reunite and you could change the lyrics to inaugural ball? Oh, that would be yeah. so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so perfect. The line, I'm going to be there. I want to be there. That's I, that's for me. I mean, I'm going to be there virtually. And unfortunately, yep. yeah. I can't be, be there physically. But it's just so exciting. And can't you just see our Vice President Kamala Harris walking off Air Force Two wearing her chucks to <laughs> inaugural <Yeah>. ball? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Because she's smart, you know. She's smart and she's wearing so comfortable stylish. shoes. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, but she's copying me there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was, uh, you know, what was I in two thousand seven? Thirteen years ago. Okay, sixty something nine maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I wore red chucks in two thousand seven when Fanny was honored at Berkeley College of Music. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, that's we right. were being awarded as being trailblazers, don't you know? <laughs> well, yeah. first of all, you were being trailblazers, and you, Alice, are a trailblazer, stylishly so. And you were just <laughs> passing on the baton to Kamala yeah. Harris. So it's one pioneer to another. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, I thank you, Kristen, but I I might be getting maybe decent, itty-bitty bit more comfortable <laughs> being called a pioneer, but I got my chuck wagon ready. Oh, God. I have to share with you. I know, Byron, I have to share with you and everyone. So when Alice was running that joke by me, I she then said something about, you know, and I've got my peas and my bacon or something. And I said, beans and bacon, I said. <laughs> I said, I got my beans and bacon on my truck wagon. And I said to her, what the fuck does that mean? And what, what does that have to do <laughs> oh, man. With, with Kamala's chucks? And Alice, the look of shock, she didn't realize that she had made that reference, that there was a joke there. (laughs) Yeah, I really didn't. It was, I would, because I call it a chuck wagon. I don't call them Conestoga wagons. That was too much of a mouthful. Which also has nothing to do with with anything, but okay. (laughs) It was just a joke and okay, it fell flat. I got it. No, I was, no, no, no. I thought you were making the intentional joke with chucks. Yeah, and I was not. I really thought I was saying something smart. Well, well, and clever in this yeah, context. So, so clever. and you know, speaking of things that we're looking forward to oh, in a few days, fingers crossed. It is January, and the Get yep. Behind Danny podcast loves to do our birthday bakery. So, Alice, why don't you read us the birthdays? I certainly will. In January, we're going to celebrate Simon and Brian, who are both from the FannyRocks.com comment sections, mm-hmm. and Tim Schifflet. Apple Scrub! Yay! Happy birthday! <laughs> I knew you'd find drink. Drink. Kristen. Drink, drink. 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 Yeah. And Andy Langridge, who is Lauren's oh. mum and Nigel's mm-hmm. wonderful wife. Beautiful but, wife. But uh, to everyone celebrating that uh, trip around the sun that we all take. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. And you know, on on uh, Simon and Brian and Apple Scruff Tim are, you know, they're all regular guys. 
You know? oh, oh, there you go. But actually, you know what? All of our podcast UFOs are regular guys and yep. gals, and they're all out of this world. Yep. <laughs> Happy birthday to everybody. Happy birthday to everyone. Yeah. All right, Byron. So before we start dis- dissecting or discussing regular guy, let's listen to a bit of it. You got it. If you're wondering why he didn't kiss you hello, it's just the way he is. And if the look in his eye is all the love he can show, it's just the way he is. Everything he does, he does for loving you. I love how June's guitar starts that. So simple, clean, you know, quiet. It's not, we're not just barging into the song. Mm-hmm. I, I do too. I also love that it's not perfect in its right playing. That right. the the the, the emotion to it, yeah, the emotion to it really comes through in the squeak. Yes, the yeah, perfect way of putting it. Exactly. The guitar work on this song, I think, is brilliant. I think maybe Nikki plays a little bit in the, in the intro too. I'm not sure. Somehow, I have some kind of recollection that Nikki plays a little bit of guitar in the intro. Yeah, there's definitely 12-string throughout that. And and I used it to affect. I used it to more or less bring out certain passages. And um, I was kind of impressed. I only did one very sweet note leading into the middle section uh, of slide. Yeah, I, I remember Nikki did play guitar. Um, it wasn't I didn't her main, know that. Yeah, it wasn't her main instrument, but she could play guitar. Um, so it's it's very feasible that she was on the intro there. And yeah. June's twelfth uh, string is, mm, you know, beautiful. she did use it to effect. She used it absolutely perfectly for this song, you know. And that little sweet note of slide, she's right. It's it's really really good. I agree. And Nikki has told me she owns a really cool black gold Les Paul. So obviously, it is one of the instruments she plays. Yeah, I, I didn't know it either. You know, until she, I'm like, you you own a Les Paul? Why? You know? Wow. But yeah, she plays guitar <laughs> as well. I didn't know. Yeah, cool. I didn't know until the interview with Jean, which I was found to be so fascinating. Had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Shall we uh, listen a bit to the twelve string effect June's talking about? Let's do Definitely. it. I love the guitar work throughout the whole song. It really is pretty special, I think. You know, it's it's a guitar song, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. except for the vocals and, of course, Gene's bass part, which is really lovely. But it's really a guitar song. And, Alice, I have a question for you on mm-hmm. this. When I was listening to it again, are you playing percussion? Because I don't hear your drums. There are no drums on it, Kristen. <laughs> What? <laughs> what? But I didn't need eight arms this time. <laughs> yeah, but I did. I did need a cardboard box, though. And, what do you mean, cardboard well, box? Reel-to-reel tapes. The two-inch reel-to-reel tapes 
came in these big square boxes. And um, yeah. I used brushes, which is my least favorite drumming instrument. You know, you can't really play rock and roll with brushes, but on this song, they worked to perfection. And that, mm -hmm. you know, along with the overdubbed shaker, uh, was the perfect drum part, if you will. And, you know, I just, I like it that it's just, yeah. it just motors, mm -hmm. you know, the whole song along. Mm -hmm. You know, it reminds me of when we were talking about your drum playing on Blind Alley mm -hmm. and how Nikki had given you the direction to play like a freight train. Right. This is almost like the calmer version of a train track. It's a steam engine. Steam engine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I love your drumming on the song. I think it's fantastic. And I agree with you on Jean's bass playing. It's lovely and melodic. And I love how she followed June's guitar playing. Right. So let's, well, let's listen to what she had to say on it. But the, the guitar work I thought was really good. And things about the chord structure, I was able to do some, uh, you know, the bass lines or what I call arpeggio uh, coming in, not exactly on the one, you know, one and two and three. I was able to play some lines. So it was really a nice opportunity on the song for me to be in a melodic way. And Alice, I have another question for you. Do you know who Nikki was writing this song for? Well, um, kind of. Short answer. Long mm -hmm. answer. Sammy Mitchell, <laughs> um, who was her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. uh, I that's, well, that's what June said. Yeah, I think that I think that Sammy Mitchell was probably part of the influence. Sammy was a, uh, a session musician in England by that time. Uh, he played dobro and he played slide guitar. And he was the one who introduced Old Hat to Nikki, who brought oh. the song to us, as we talked about on the last episode. Mm -hmm. okay. That's when he was still in Uncle Doug. Correct. Right. But th th I guess the reason why I'm asking this is, again, listening to it now, the lyrics are clearly to someone else and not about herself. Well, let me not say clearly, because Nikki's yeah. much deeper than that. But it sounds <laughs> as if they are giving like advice to somebody else. Don't let this regular guy go. Yeah. And so I don't know if that was artistic license. And I, I was going through the list of, well, let's see, would Nikki be saying this to you? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> would she be advising June on a regular guy? No. No again. No. <laughs> and it certainly wasn't Jeannie who was with my dad at the time because he was anything. But regular. That's true. That's true. <laughs> the antithesis of a regular guy. Yeah. But that's a whole other podcast for a whole other time. But yeah. I <laughs> but I do love the line of Nikki's quote, he's from a small town somewhere north of here, close quote. It's just such a provocative line and yet cryptic enough where it doesn't place this mm -hmm. person right. in any specific, you know, specific geography. Right. And yet it's so moving and implies that his small town existence. Mm -hmm implies his overall goodness. I don't know. I just well, love that line. When you talk about overall goodness, you know, of the, of the, in the lyrics, I have mm -hmm. to, I have to think also that Nikki probably wrote the song maybe with the influence of both of the men in her life at that time. And Jim Seagrave, who was her husband, was a really regular guy. He was also the head roadie for Fanny for years you know, mm -hmm. but back when we talked about take a message to the captain, for example, I think Nikki was talking to Seagrave, you know, take a message to the band. I will get on board, you know. So mm -hmm. I think it could be a blend of the two of them. And Sammy would have been from a town north of London. 
and Seagrave was shy, not that simple because he was brilliant, but Sam, mm-hmm. they were both shy. Seagrave was sweet. And it, it's, it's one of my favorite lines too, but, uh, it's, well, it, and it's interesting in the context of our podcast, the American inauguration of Joe Biden, mm-hmm. he could be, you know, a regular guy somewhere yep. from a small town North of what? Yeah. Scrant- Scranton? Scranton. Yeah. <laughs> That's North of DC. <laughs> yeah. Right. There you go. <laughs> so, so it works. Good one, Alex. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't we listen to it? Yeah, and I think that you can hear Nikki playing either an electric piano or a clavinet here, which gives it, you know, more texture also. Mm-hmm. I think it was June or Jean, I can't remember, who also thought they heard a clavinet. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, when you it's- talked to them this week, I think that they did mention that, didn't they? I believe so. Absolutely. Because cool. it's an unusual sound and I love it. It does, like you're saying, the texture is fantastic. It really adds a layer to it. Well, let's listen to what Jean and June had to say. Yeah, I was really grateful for who the chord structure was if I could play it very lyrically. Well, I think it was one to a minor five or something like that. It's not as simple as one would think. So it has a very kind of sweet way that it gets around the chordal world, you know. And uh, I do admire that. I I just love it. And this is another example of what we were discussing on episode 17 about June's polecat blues. Yeah. Because I believe it was Nigel who had said or gave the comment that if the Beatles had this on the White Album, or in this case, let's say Revolver, it would have been understood how the simpleness of it was anything but. 
Right. Right. The lyrics would have been analyzed again. It probably would have inspired, you know, a movie or something. Yeah. Or maybe at least an MTV video or something, right? There you go. I think every Fanny song would make a great MTV video. But anyway. (laughs) That's your bias. But that's okay. Uh, Just a little. Yeah. Well, I have a little piece of trivia uh, to add to this. Yeah. Actually, this is uh, bringing back a memory of when I when Nikki first contacted me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, this is the internet age, so this yeah, right. You're Nikki. You know, <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, she said here she listed some things that to because she knew I was talking with Alice that Alice could confirm, and one of those things was that you were playing on a tape box for regular guy. Yep. Just just remembered that. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah that's so that, was, cool. that, that was a way that, to identify Nikki. Yeah, that and Desmond, you know, taking a poop in my bass drum, right? Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and who is Desmond? I mean, Desmond I know, but Richard's English sheepdog, old English sheepdog. Yeah, and he did. Yeah. He did do that dastardly deed. I think we should be pivoting here, shouldn't we? Here we go. Pivot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pivot. <laughs> Alice, I have to tell you, I love my pivot t-shirt. Byron, I don't know if you know that uh, for no. my birthday, Alice got me a pivot with a t-shirt. It says pivot with a couch on it. And in my case, it has three cats. Yeah. Since I have three cats. But she also got herself one with just the couch. Yeah. So we both That's have cool. pivot t-shirts. Right. <laughs> and we wear them religiously for every podcast, don't we? We do. We do. it. They're like good luck t-shirts, you know? <laughs> well, let's hear a little bit of I'm Satisfied. I like to shake your hand You're a kind and gracious man And you'd be any mother's You know what's incredible to me? That mm. Nikki wrote for one album. She wrote Regular Guy, I'm Satisfied, and then I Need You Need Me. Right. I mean, these are just so uniquely different and also oh, yeah. brilliant and incredible. And all produced by Todd Rundgren, Mother's Pride. Yeah, well, all of Nikki's songs, I think, on Mother's Pride are really great songs, but they're all different. You're right. And mm-hmm. I like the fact that uh, we're getting back to rock and roll now. Um, yeah. Our strengths... Fanny's strengths are all over the board, I think. But a lot of fans associate Fanny with more rock and roll than, say, the regular guy type of songs. Mm -hmm. But like I said, this album has so many different songs and sounds. And yet here we have a good old rocker that could have been on any one of the four albums. Although, produced by Richard Perry, it would have sounded very different. <laughs> they probably would have put mariachi horns on this song. 
Absolutely. Can you? I can't even imagine that. Dear, dear mariachi players, just send your emails to Alice. <laughs> Directly. Yeah. Don't yeah. even go go to the website. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I I love the line on this song, and you'd be any mother's pride. Yep. And the reason why I say that is because I'm such a sucker for putting the title of an album into a song lyric or like in a book, as opposed to naming mm-hmm. the whole song for it or chapter yeah, for it. Right. I just yeah. love that, you know? And I was going to say that, um, and as a fan, we, I dug that, Hey, okay, we got mother's pride, but I was still trying to figure out how the doll head fit in. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me you too. Know, I was like, yes. Okay. This is a song. They've got mother's pride. in. It. Where's the fucking doll? You know? <laughs> yeah. That is so funny. Byron, yeah. speaking of memories lost, until you just said that, I had forgotten yeah. that that was my take on it, too. I was taking yeah. it very oh literally God. and trying to make the connection. Right. Well, yeah. was, you know, it was a baby doll face, but, you know, <laughs> hey, who can say what is in the mind of the German artist who put that together That's- as a tour poster? Yeah. And I was showing I was showing Kristen this week um, some of the stuff, the fanny stuff that I have, and I showed mm-hmm. her the that actual tour poster it's like three feet by four feet you know it's huge so with the baby doll face just to clarify alice though the poster was put together separately from the song meaning oh yeah 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 right and mother's pride was for the the bread company yeah but it worked. And when I spoke with june and jean this week on the song overall i loved Mm -hmm. their answers let's listen Okay, well, that is rock and roll, all right. That is definitely rock and roll, as done by Fanny, as only Fanny can do it. So, you know, in listening to this track, I'm satisfied. I'm pretty impressed because I am a track person. I listen to the track before I listen to the words, quite frankly, of of anybody's material. And that track is screaming. It is really just overflowing with funky riches. (laughs) I can't, couldn't hear the bass real well. I think it's mixed down. That's okay, because I had to play a real bottom part in the song. There's so many things going on with the guitar and the keyboards, you know, that mm. I didn't need to drum in, in the song at all. So I think it was appropriate. I played pretty simply, I think, rock and roll on this tune. But the background vocals, especially at the beginning of the song, uh, uh, we came three far. Mm. I mean, I thought that was really great. Yeah, I th- I think the harmonies at the beginning, those three-part harmonies where it's like, an, again, Richard had said, you know, one of the magical things about the Beatles was they might have been uh, maybe flat or sharp or whatever, but they were singing at the top of their, they were singing full voice, you mm-hmm. know, and it's, I'd like to shake your hand. That is full voice, three-part harmony. It's, it's, she's right. It's really great. Absolutely. I was just going to make a joke. I think June's line, Funky Riches, I, um, come on, is that not another band name? That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Funky Riches. Yes. They'll Put be your hands here. together. Right, they'll be here for another, exactly. They'll be here for a week. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Tip, tip your waitress. Yeah. But it, exactly. But I also like the fact that uh, it does me, warms my heart to hear June say that she listens to the track before she listens to the lyric. Because as you well know, yes. I don't listen to the lyrics of songs. And I am so into the music. So I I'm, I dig that she does that. Yeah. yeah. Well, Byron, do you hear this song differently now through 2021 years than you did back then? I just hear the music. <laughs> right. But you, you had said before that you didn't, this was not necessarily your favorite. So oh, back oh, then. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, now, this song, see, I like this because I'm like, okay, bring it because here's the rock and roll, you know, and, right. and all that. Because yeah, Fanny but was known I, for rock and roll. 
Right. Yeah, and, yeah. and like I said, and the mother's pride is like, okay, I'm digging this, but it's like, you know, what's this regular guy stuff, you know, but then I was, <laughs> what, I was like 15, you know, when this came out. Yeah. So, you know, I was, you know, I was looking for the hard rock. I was in the deep purple and all that crap. Yeah. So yeah, I was looking for the hard rock stuff and I'm like, what is this crap? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and didn't realize how great it was. So see, and that's the good thing about, you know, now is you've matured and you can listen to it. And it's like, oh yeah, this is cool. Well, why don't you play some more? All right. If I can find the damn track, there it is. <laughs> I won't get up till you stop this rising tide. And I'm satisfied. Oh. As far as my guitar sounds, um, I wasn't playing uh, a wah-wah. It was, um, and I think it was slide, slide through a flanger, which is also effective in its own way. And I, I suspect I had a tune slightly different because my first entrance, there's a dominant seven in there. Yeah. And I had to ask June what she meant by what a flanger was in this context. I don't know about you, but I didn't know. <laughs> and, well, and I, yeah, June had. A lot of toys, mm. you know, she, she, Typical she had, guitar. Yeah. yeah, she had, she did all kinds of pedals and different amps and plugging into the Leslie. And she was like always on the search for the perfect guitar sound for each song or even a guitar sound that would lead her to a guitar part or to write a song. Maybe, mm -hmm. you know, she was always on the hunt, whereas my drums, you can't really change the sound of them. It's boom, 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 boom. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I disagree with you, Alice. I think you you did the same with the drumming for Fanny as June did with her guitar. Well, work. I did the same with drum parts. Right. But as far as specific sounds, right. you know, True. that's, yeah. that's yeah. one of the mm -hmm. things that that I like about this is the is the drum sound. But, you know. She's uh, talking about a flanger. I didn't know what a flanger was. <laughs> no, I, I found her answer fascinating because I obviously love learning new things. Right. But let's listen to what she had to say. Yeah, well, I just would have gotten a, a box that says flanging. However, how a flanger was created was, I don't know if somebody was leaning against the tape reel, but originally you could only do it by... Um, pressing your thumb or the side of your arm or something on a tape reel, a pressing, letting go, pressing, letting go. And it gives the same um, effect as when you plug into a flanger. And what happens is that your signal, like what I'm playing, starts at X. But it causes that signal to be replayed at Y, just like a slight, maybe a couple of milli, milliseconds difference. And that is what gives you the flanging sound, which is very close to the chorusing sound. I mean, I'm getting kind of, you know, I know I'm kind of, kind of getting nerdy here, but the flanging is more like whoosh. You know what I'm saying? It gives you a whooshy sound. So it kind of, it causes my uh, lead guitar, my lead slide to just go straight up into the air. It's like a spaceship. 
I hear I do hear the 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 whoosh kind of, but it's mm-hmm. a lot a lot shorter than that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I I can hear what she's saying, but um, Byron, what I do you know about? That was so cool. Oh yeah, well, that, well, she she said it well. She's she nailed it right on because it is just milliseconds off. Um, but what she failed to mention was the the tape reel. There is actually two tape reels playing two tape machines play at the same time so they were in sync and an engineer would slow one down just a hair by using his thumb literally on the on the flange and right. it would create that whoosh sound that she's talking about and then they had to speed it back up so imagine in in the 60s doing this by hand you know they had to speed the machine up yeah. and pull it down and all that but yeah it's the millis it is definitely milliseconds otherwise you get into quickly into chorusing it's just replicating yeah. itself. yeah yeah well, it's cool to understand flanging. You know, as a drummer, I don't know that much about guitar sounds, but mm-hmm. I did like on this part how the organ backed up into that yeah. lead yeah. and mm-hmm. then they play over each other or opposing each other for a little bit. And then it, that bleeds into Nikki's organ solo with the yeah. trills and stuff. And mm-hmm. then this guitar lick bridge halfway through the song is dynamite. Alice, I know I already said this, but yet again, your drumming on this song is just so right on. Mm. It's so tasty. I love your playing. It's never cliche. It's never derivative. And you always surprise me in your musical execution as you do here. I really mean that. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, Kristen. (laughs) And here's what June had to say on your playing, Alice. Alice's drum fill before the last verse is just, it's just out of this world. You know, the way she, I, mean, I said to my, I had to play it again. I had to go back and play it again because I thought to myself, how did she do that? I mean, it is, it is a, uh, I think it's a one bar, fully a one bar fill, but I mean, she is totally committed. I love how she is so dirty. I call it wonderfully dirty, you know, when <laughs> I listen to it with 20, 21 ears. And, mm-hmm. you know, the drum sound, again, it's that fat Todd Rundgren sound you know let's listen to that yeah. <laughs> Hell, we were all wonderfully dirty weren't we Kristen? yes you were all playing wonderfully dirty including nikki's lyrics uh-huh. <laughs> but i did tell june what you said about her playing being wonderfully dirty and here's what she had to say yeah, I think I got pretty dirty on I'm Satisfied. Um, you know, but I'm listening in the studio, in the IMA studio, where I can turn it up really loud, I can hear the bottom end so well. And I noticed, my gosh, I didn't remember Nikki playing uh, clavinet. You know, she's doing that funky clavinet, go, 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 type thing. And Jean is, I mean, she is slaying it. Absolutely that. And, and you know, it's funny because... Uh, we're at the point where we don't really remember remember doing this stuff, but it's like I'll say, I didn't know you did that, and Jim will go, I didn't know you did that. It's so great. And this is one of those songs where I can definitely say to her, 
I didn't know you did that, but it is so amazing. And when she goes up, whoa, whoa, those licks that she does. And those are very effective. Um, people may not actually notice them while the song's going along, but they're super effective uh, emotionally. Well, it, what affects me is when I end up saying to myself, Alice, I didn't know you played that. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and I'll go along with her on listening to it loud. Um, yeah. You know, today we listen to them on little computer monitors, speakers, and our headsets or whatever. But you know, back in the day when I played this album and stuff, you know, you played it on really big sound systems or even st big studio monitors, like a DJs or something like that. So take your CD to a disco somewhere <laughs> or who's playing a bar and have them play it, and it the impact of your drums and the bass and all that just hits you, and it it, it is emotional. It does bring it out because it's just like it, the impact on it, and I miss that in today's stereo systems and all that, because it's like, oh, man, I missed that kick in the ass that you get from really loud music. Well, Byron, mm -hmm. you know, that, that picture you posted however many years back of you sitting <laughs> in college in front of this kind of wall of oh, stereo yeah. speakers. <laughs> Set it up again, brother. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I need to. And you know what else I find emotional on this song are the harmonies. Yep. Oh, yeah. Because they they rock and drive as much as the instruments do. There is no subtlety here in the emotionality of it. Right. I, I, it's so real and authentic. And both Gene and June were remembering how much they thought the vocals and the harmonies yeah. were incredible on this song. So let's listen. On the harmonies, we are definitely dialed into the same space. And it took a, a few years of being trained by Richard to actually uh, get it to where we knew basically where we would need to stand to capture uh, the blend, number one, and number two, the attitude, because when you're doing a backup part, you're essentially playing a role. And you can really hear what June was talking about, mm -hmm. you know, the backup part being like a role. You can hear the backup on this is, is satisfaction. Yeah. There is no timidity here. This is, I'm I am happy. Yep. <laughs> exactly. I'm satisfied, baby. <laughs> but you know that at the end of the song there with June's guitar and stuff, that's Fanny rock, oh, you yeah. know, it's mm -hmm. rock and roll. Oh, yeah. And back in the day that was considered hard rock. Yeah. You know, you would only yeah. hear Fanny on FM radio. You hardly ever heard a song like this of Fanny's on AM radio. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. You would never hear this on AM radio. You, uh -uh. you were lucky to hear Black Sabbath's Paranoid, maybe. But outside of that, no, it was, <laughs> you know, it was all the others. AM was sappy. And yeah. it was FM that was playing the album, well, what we called it, album-oriented rock. And this right. is definitely, definitely album-oriented rock. It's cool. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> Deep purple, Byron. Uh, right. Hey, come on. Yeah. <laughs> talking about my dad again. Yeah. Come on, you guys. <laughs> All right, Kristen. Yes. yes. I knew you were going to do that. Uh, Speaking of my dad. Yes. What do you have or what do we have in store for the next episode? 
For episode 19, we're going to be talking about the myths and rumors of Fanny, whether professionally or personally. Not all of them. We'll save some. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But basically, we are going to be, well, that's it. I don't know what to say now. <laughs> that was it. I said right. it. We can, okay. Just cut me so out there. Does that, so. does that mean more secrets? <laughs> oh, yeah. Many, many secrets on this one. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> and what songs are we going to discuss? <laughs> we are going to be looking at Candlelighter Man, which is on Fanny's first self-titled album written by June and Jean. And we're also going to be looking at What Kind of Lover on Charity Ball. Why? <laughs> because Those are two different both. songs. Really different songs, but they kind of set the stage of rock and roll gossip and rock and roll. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think those are both great songs to use. I do too. And mm-hmm. I am looking forward to dispelling. Okay. <laughs> and confirming some of the myths and rumors of Fanny. Like, okay, get this one. The monkeys put us together. Did George Harrison give Fanny its name? Why I left the band. But for now, this has been a great conversation. It has. Byron, that's a wrap. Let's hit it. Mm-hmm.